Welcome to the HR Uprising podcast. This podcast series explores HR hot topics and challenges through conversations with relevant experts and real-life HR learning and OD professionals. The HR Uprising is about learning through collaboration and evidence-based action. We want colleagues to have the confidence and skills to rise up through their organizations by delivering real, lasting business value. Now, introducing your host, chartered psychologist, experienced change agent, entrepreneur, speaker, and coach, Lucinda Carney. Hi, everybody. It's Lucinda Carney again from the HR Uprising podcast. And this week, on our final week of November, we are going to talk about whether or not we are prioritising self-care enough. So I'll tell you a little bit more about what I'm going to cover in this podcast in a moment. But before I do that, I wanted to say a few thank yous. First of all, I think we've been podcasting almost six months now and we've had so much support from everybody listening. Thank you very much if you're someone who's given us a five-star review on iTunes. That's so, we're really grateful for those. Thank you also if you've talked about us to your friends or if you've recommended us on a social media group. We're so grateful for your support and it really does help motivate me to try and keep the decent stuff coming. And um, I'm hoping that you're going to enjoy today's podcast because it's got a real personal element to it. So I appreciate that. The other thing I wanted to say thank you is to shout out a thank you to Ross Garner of the Good Practice podcast. I'm sure a number of you listen to that particular podcast. It's a very, very popular. It's been going for a number of years, um, very much focused more on learning and development. And uh, they actually voted us as one of their top 10 podcasts um, of 2019. So I was really chuffed to hear that. And I'd like to thank thank the crew there for that recognition. And then moving on, talking about this podcast. Well, I know I spoke about well-being and mental health with Adele last week, and that was interesting. However, what came of that in the week that I was inspired to write this particular podcast was actually National Stress Awareness Week. So it's a couple of weeks back for those of you listening to this now, because this will go out towards the end of November. And Ironically, I woke up in the middle of the night with an absolute crushing headache that I couldn't shake for about two hours. And it was really, really scary. One of the really painful. I've never been a migraine sufferer, although my son has. So I did wonder if it was a migraine. But I've also had close friends who've had serious brain hemorrhages in recent years of my age. So I wasn't blind to the fact that actually it could be something really serious. So I found the whole experience really, really frightening. Well, obviously, I'm still talking to you today and I worked out what it was. I took various painkillers in decongestants and I now believe it was an acute headache brought on by sinusitis and neck tension. And it got me thinking about why had I come down with that and why was I woken up in the middle of the night? And, uh, you know, why have I not had this sort of problem previously? So I'm not a gym bunny. I've been a reluctant gym goer in previous years. I'm pretty active. I walk the dog, etc. But what I did reflect on was that I tend to have a series of regular self-care activities that on this particular week, when I came down with this awful headache in the middle of the night, I hadn't actually done them. I'd subordinated them because I had other more important things in inverted commas, and those more important things were all work-related. So the sort of things that I tend to do, which are self-care, let's say, 
would be I play netball two to three times a week. On this particular week, I'd not managed to go during to work stresses. I tend to walk the dogs most days and the dark nights are here and dark mornings. And so I'd found it harder to get out. So these have been shorter and more sporadic. Don't worry, the dogs are still getting walked, even if I don't do it. It's just that I hadn't been doing it. And I'll tend to do yoga or Pilates once a week. Historically, I've had a history of neck pain through poor desk setup. So I try to make sure I'm sitting at a desk properly and I've got proper a monitor and chair for me. And I should really have almost maintenance uh, sports massage, which all tries to keep it at bay. So you've guessed it. I actually hadn't done on reflection. I'd been too busy to do any of those things into the run up to it. And interestingly, I hadn't done any of the less virtuous relaxation either. This is where it seemed really unfair. So I'd not really been sitting downstairs watching Netflix with my family. I hadn't done any of that sort of downtime on the sofa. I'd not even been drinking wine. So there's got to be a bit of a moral there. So I'd been completely dry. I'd not done any exercise. I'd been working, working, working. And without a second thought, I'd basically deprioritized all of those things which potentially relax me because I didn't think they were important or at least I didn't think they were as important as work. So that made me think about, I used to run a course called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is based on the best-selling business book by Stephen Covey. And if you're not familiar with it, I still think it's one of the best things I ever became familiar with. Uh, doesn't mean that I do it. And this is a great example of where I haven't and I'm refreshing myself. And I'm hoping that I'm going to share some of the models that I think are really powerful with you as a, you know, through this. So what I want to do is run through some of the time management and prioritization models that Stephen Covey um, shares and how you could actually apply this to yourself if you are finding that this uh, may be making time for self-care is something that you are also subordinating. And I thought it was a really good time of year to do this because next month is December. Okay. Many of the people, many of my audience are women. And obviously, um, all men are very, very welcome too. But it's a very busy time of year. And I do find that often I think that uh, women, like it or not, do tend to like to do the shopping and the sorting. So December, not only have you got your work work, you've got your homework as well in terms of the Christmas work. And there's a lot on our plates. And so I thought it was a good one for us to take stock and think, hmm, am I going to get balanced through this busy period so that I don't then fall ill on Boxing Day because I've been holding everything off and I've been so busy. So I'm hoping that I haven't put off any of my male audience members here because you are just as important in terms of self-care prioritisation. And actually, arguably, if you look at going to the doctors or maintenance and, and men maybe reaching out and relaxing through speaking to friends and stuff like that. Perhaps men have got different types of self-care that they need to focus on to to support themselves. But this isn't about gender. This is about people and it's about thinking and knowing what's important to us and making sure we're thinking about what's important in relation to our whole lives, not just our work lives. So when I used to run this workshop, the Seven Habits workshop, or even a time management workshop, I'd always share this time management grid or matrix, which I'm sure many of you will have seen. So it's a four box grid and it talks about importance and urgence or urgency. Now I'm going to be describing this grid and um, I've also prepared a download or almost like a self checklist for the self-care checklist that you can download. So I appreciate sometimes when I'm describing things 
over a podcast, it's quite hard for you to visualise it. So don't worry if you're not visualising it, go with it. And then there is a download that shows all these things in black and white if you want to see it. So this particular matrix, it talks about things in terms of urgency and the two axes are urgency and importance. And effectively, things are more important if they're at the top and they're more urgent if they're towards the left. So if something in the top left, the quadrant one is urgent and important and the bottom right is not urgent, not important. And what was interesting, so when I would be explaining this, and I'll go into that quadrants in more detail in a moment, I would find, I'd say to people, write down, what are your five most important things? What's really important? And I'll give you a moment to think about it. Invariably, and it may have been because I was running it in the workplace, everything that people wrote down would be important would be jobs to do at work. It would all be work-related. And if you said, okay, so that's all that's important in your life. Well, no, no, no. Actually, what's also important in my life is my family and my health, my hobbies. You know, they had other things that were important to them, but they didn't think about them in the whole together. And I think actually, Covey was talking about this 30-odd years ago. He talked about this thing which is called sharpen the saw, this analogy it's like an Aesop's fable, which explained a story about two pairs of woodcutters. There was a young pair who were so busy sawing the trees down that they never stopped to sharpen the saw. They started off quickly, 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 were, you know, knocking loads and loads of trees down. But as time went on, they slowed down, became less and less effective, and eventually their saw broke. Now, conversely, the older woodcutters started steadily and they stop now and then to mop their brows and sharpen the saw, and then they proceed and they carry on. So what happened? Well, you've guessed it. The older ones that were steady and sharpened the saw regularly actually ended up being more effective in the end. They sawed down more trees. And the younger ones, they were so busy doing it, they didn't stop to sharpen it. It's a bit like that analogy of, have you ever been too busy driving to stop and get petrol? So what's our metaphor in terms of stopping to sharpen our own saw or filling our own car with petrol. And Covey also says that if you want to be really effective, because his title of his book is How to Be uh, Habits of Highly Effective People, it's not just about getting things that you want in a one-off. It's about getting things in a way that will allow you to get them in an over and over again. So really, he was saying it's about being sustainable. And again, I think sustainability and well-being has never been more relevant than it is at the moment in the last couple of years. Yeah, this is something that was being spoken about all the time. So returning to this point of understanding what's important and urgent, I actually, what I often would find that people would confuse the two. And I believe that this can be a key cause of workplace stress. Things that are important are things that help you to achieve your goals, whether those are your work goals or your home goals. And one of your goals at work would be to perform, to deliver against your job, to deliver your objectives. So it should be aligned with your priorities at work. So in my job, it might be what's important at the moment might be my book edits because I'm working on a book at the moment. It might be about delivering and achieving budget because we've got to stay afloat. And it might be about making sure that my team are clear and focused on their priorities. Now, I've also got things which are important at home. So what I might say that's important at home might be supporting my child's revision. So she's just going through some exams at the moment, making sure that I get out having fresh air and exercise, given the fact that I started this off telling you about how I'd recently been ill or or perhaps my lack of self-care had ended up um, resulting in me having this awful headache in the middle of the night. 
Um, important might also be about investing in my key relationships, having some positive downtime with my husband, say. Now, urgent, on the other hand, urgent might be the tax return that needs to be turned around tomorrow or the parking ticket that needs to be paid. It could be something which is a, a request that's got to be done by a time frame or a tender response. So a business, so it's something that this argument might be busy, it might be important as well, but it's something that's come in and it's got a deadline that I couldn't plan for it. Urgent at home might be the supermarket shop, paying the credit cards, sorting out the kids' PE kit. So we've talked about something. So something that's important and urgent in Covey terms is going to sit in quadrant one. And that is something that we need to do now because it's important to us and it's urgent. So a recent example for me might have been teaching my teaching, sorry, testing my daughter about her physics equations. So she had her exams uh, coming up and she wanted to be tested on the night before or the morning before. Now, the interesting thing about that is that was urgent because I'd been away at the weekend. Had it been a quadrant two task, important but not urgent would be as testing at the weekend or going through and making sure she felt comfortable then. Had I done it earlier, we'd have had less last minute stress at the end. And I have the same thing with the my physio, say. So had I been going to see the physio to have my neck manipulated on a regular basis, then it would be much less likely that I would have keeled over with extreme pain because I'd left it too late and now I've got to have three intensive sessions within a short period of time. So it's, these things are important and urgent, but the key is anything that's important and not urgent, if we schedule it in earlier, we can reduce our stress. And things like self-care, often we can forget about because they don't shout at us when we haven't done them. They are important when we think about it, um, you know, getting out there, having that fresh air, investing in those key relationships. That's what's important to us. But because we don't schedule that time in and prioritise it, what we often find is that other urgent stuff takes its place. And fair enough, if it's important and urgent that you're working that, fine, it can be a bit stressful. But what can also happen is that we find that things which are just urgent, other people's issues might come in and actually take the place of the things that are our priorities. So someone might interrupt me and say, can you drop this and drop something for me immediately? Or I've got to authorise someone's holiday absence and I can't find the login. So something that should take me 30 seconds is going to take me half an hour. It's actually not that important to me right now. I've got other far more important things, but that's come in and that's going to use up some more of my precious time when I should be doing other important things. Or my son has forgotten to take his PE kit to school. Sound familiar? And I need to drive him there. So that's drive it there and back. So that's 40 minutes out of my day, which was his issue, which has created, it's taken quality, taken precious time out of my effectiveness, which then means I've got less time to do the things which are important and not urgent, which means that next week they'll be important and urgent. And that's how you get into this perpetual cycle of just being up against it. So the key with this awareness of the quadrants, and as I say, if this is quite hard to follow on a podcast, you might want to download the attachment, which actually gives you examples of which fits into each quadrant. But the key to visualise is that we want to spend as much time as possible above the line, working on what's important. Quadrant two has stuff which is important and not urgent. And because it's not urgent, it doesn't shout at us to the same extent until it's either unbelievably urgent or something breaks. So a relationship breaks down or we physically break. 
So the way to prevent that happening is we schedule time in with quadrant two activities and we make sure we do them. It's easier said than done because there are things which are urgent but not important to us that take the time and we often, Covey refers to that as the quadrant of deception. We deceive ourselves that we're doing things that are important when actually they're not, they're just urgent. It's that busy work. It's the, I went in to do some key tweets or respond to some people and I've ended up half an hour later doing other things that may or may not be important. Now, it's interesting. It took me two days to write this blog because at this time, this podcast, sorry, um, because I got to this stage and I was drafting it up and I realised that it was bright sunshine outside and I was desperate to get it finished. But also I hadn't walked the dogs and then I had to go into London. So I made myself get up and go and walk the dogs while it was still bright because of the irony of what I was doing. It's so tricky to do this. There's always things that you can go, I just want to get one more thing done. Just want to get on top of this. Just want to get this finished. But it is about going, I did promise myself and actually if I don't walk the dogs now, when am I going to do it? You know, we've got less daylight out there. I've got to prioritise that. So remember, much of the time we actually, for some reason, we'll think, well, because that's for me um, or my health or my life or my family, that's less important than something that's got work around it. But actually, when you step back and think about it, surely it's the other way around. Now, I'm not advocating that we we don't do our work, but what I am advocating is that we're very clear about what's important at work. So linking this into um, those of us who are managers or health prof- um, or sorry, or HR professionals on this this particular podcast, one of the main things I believe that makes people feel very stressed at work is that they have conflicting priorities or simply too many priorities. And that's why having things like clear objectives or managers giving regular feedback is so, so, so important because it helps us work out in times that are very confusing where things are ever-changing. I've maybe got four priorities, you know, different people asking different things of me. How do I prioritise which is the most important? And if I know that what is the most important, and maybe I need to go and speak to my manager, or if we're in HR, we need to ensure that managers are helping people to understand what's important and being realistic about what can be achieved. It may be that actually I said that activity A was absolutely essential on Monday. Now it's Thursday and activity B has come in from nowhere. And do you know what? It's more important than activity A. So I'm giving you permission to postpone or delegate activity A so that we can get activity B out of the door. That is manageable because somebody knows what their priority is in that moment. They can deliver it and they feel in control. When we feel out of control, we get stressed. And that's the key. So obviously there's mental illness and and aspects of that, but we all can feel stressed from time to time. And the key is if we are good at time management and prioritisation, and that's about using this something like the Covey Grid, which means we start to schedule in activities before they become urgent, that can build us more time in to dealing with things when they do become urgent. On top of that, we're continually understanding what's expected of us and what our priorities are. So in a nutshell, personal effectiveness, prioritising self-care, they all fit together because we have one life. And actually being good at knowing what's important at work and at home makes us better overall and is going to give us a, a more sort of holistic sustainable sense of worth and and just a sense of enjoyment. 
the worksheet that I've done will help you have a look through this if you want to download it and simply just walking through it so that you can understand what's there. The first piece is just thinking about what's important to you at work and personally, useful to you to think about. Um, as I said earlier, your work priorities, you need to make sure that what you think your priorities are, are the same as what your manager thinks are, and it should be aligned. And this should link into any performance management or objectives that we're set. You might even want to ask for your priorities to be ranked if you're struggling. And if flip, the flip side is, we should be prepared as line managers to do that for other people. Personal priorities are what's important to us out of work. So it could be family, friends, health, sports, hobbies, whatever it is that's out there, which are personal priorities that's important to us. There's then a little exercise where there's a wheel. And what you do is you can put your priorities, all of them into one wheel, because after all, that is your life. And the outer ring of the wheel represents almost like full satisfaction. So let's say you feel that you are putting everything that you can into your exercise regime at the moment. You're exercising five days a week and you're really happy with where you've got to. But yet your parents um, are aging or your family, you might think, actually, you haven't been in contact for three weeks, haven't spoken to them, something hang over you, you feel really you should pick up the phone. So you might actually decide that that's more of a five out of 10. So all you do, it's really rough and ready, but actually just go through each of those spaces in the pie chart and decide how satisfied you are with the level of energy you're putting into them. So it might be that in fairness, you need to have more energy for your young children than you do for your aging parents or for your fulfilling your hobbies. It doesn't have to be exactly the same all round. The key is whether or not you feel you're doing enough for you to not look back and have regrets. So that's just a very simple exercise. And what you'll end up with is a, a wheel which probably got some gaps in it. And what you then need to do is think, well, actually, which of my priorities require more effort? And if you do download this at this time of year, you might think, OK, we're coming to silly season. What do I need to do to up these priorities over this time period? So do I need to get out? Do I need to do exercise? Do I need to start meditating? Do I need to schedule in visits over the Christmas period with friends and family? So it just gives you an opportunity to review your priorities and see whether you're doing enough to support them. The worksheet then goes on just to give you an example of the time management matrix of Covey's and also the, the titles that he gives them. He talks about quadrant one as being important and urgent and we can't plan for everything. Things do come out of the blue. So he calls that the quadrant of necessity. But quadrant two, which is important and not urgent, he calls that the quadrant of effectiveness. And you're effective because you're getting so much more done. You're dealing with things before they become urgent. You're in control. Quadrant three is urgent but not important. That is the quadrant of deception, according to Covey. And we are deceiving ourselves there because we spend a lot of time in this quadrant kidding ourselves that we're doing important things. But you know what? When we go home, we realise we actually haven't done the really important things. And finally, quadrant four, not urgent, not important, he calls that the quadrant of excess. So you know what? An hour's Netflix on the sofa with a glass of wine, you can argue that that's a quadrant two activity if that relaxes you. But lying on the sofa, watching the entire box set and a bottle of wine, that's quadrant four. That's excess because then it stops you from being effective in the following day as well. So there's a matrix there where you can then put in your own items. You can reflect on the last week or month and think about the sort of things that fit into each quadrant for yourself. And then what you really need to do is make sure that anything you identify as being quadrant two, you schedule it in. 
I would say if you can schedule in six hours, that's all a week of quadrant two activities and then do it, you will find that you are so much more effective than you were previously. It will give you an amazing sense of control. Scheduling it is only part of the challenge. If you're someone like me who doesn't like to be too ordered, you might find that actually doing it is even harder. But give it a go. Certainly scheduling a few slots, a few 90 minute slots of quadrant two time makes a huge difference to people that I know. And then the final thing is thank you to all those people on social media. I've asked a number of people about what their self-care is and got some great ideas that came through. Uh, People talked about walking in nature, reading books, swimming, exercising. There were a few martial arts or different types of activity that I'd never heard of. Really, whatever it could be, knitting, it's whatever it is for you. And But the key is make sure that it's not just those other people around you that you're considering and it's not just work. Consider how you can schedule in self-care activities yourself. That whole analogy of put your own oxygen mask on first. Are you looking after yourself? Because if you're your best version of yourself, then you are going to be so much more used to everybody else. And think about it quite broadly. So Covey talks about this self-care, well, this shop and the saw, he talks about renewal in four dimensions, physical, so your sporting side, emotional, social, and spiritual. And something like, so for me, my netball is probably both physical and emotional and social maybe, because I get a whole sort of feedback from being part of a group. I have friends there that I talk to and I get some exercise. You might say something like walking the dog in nature with your other half. That could be spiritual. So spiritual doesn't have to be religious, can be, uh, but that might be walking in nature, meditation, whatever it is that makes you feel connected, part of something bigger. So do consider those four areas as well in self-care and make sure you schedule them in. And once you've scheduled them in, make sure you do it. You know, I'm thinking of the L'Oreal advert now because you're worth it. I do apologise. So that's pretty much it for this week from the HR Uprising. And this is our last one in November. Just before I close off, I want to just let you know about what we're going to be running through December. So we're going to do something a little bit different. What we are doing, we're going to kick off. I've had a few... I said inquiries from people saying, you know, what's my background and how did I come to be doing this? And just a little bit of curiosity. And I realised that I haven't really shared a huge amount about myself on the HR Uprising, frankly, because I didn't think you'd be interested. So if you're not, don't bother listening to next week's podcast. But if you'd like to have a bit of curiosity, you've got a bit of curiosity about um, my background and how I come to be doing this, then actually the first one, I'm going to do a conversation with me, but I'm not going to do it. Um, a lady called Sean Duddy is going to interview me and she'll will explain a bit about where this came from and what drives me. And then we'll go on to other people. And marketing say I can't call them the 12 HRs of Christmas, but we're going to go into sort of festive session where we've done 12, 12 minute interviews with HR professionals. Actually, I'm afraid they are all UK. Apologies to overseas next year. Guys, I'll I'll do overseas people next year. I've only had Steve Brown on from the States so far. But 12 HR professionals, 12 minute interviews, all walks life. We just thought it'd be great to hear what real people do in HR, what their story is, where they came from, what challenges they've overcome, what their advice to their younger selves were. So people like you, basically 12 of them will be doing three each week through December. And then in January, we're going to plan for a best bits episode. So if you've got an idea of any best bits, please do feel free to message me. You can email me if that's easy. It's lucinda at advancedchange.co.uk. 
you can also contact us through the HR Uprising Reb, or there's lots of other ways you can get hold of us. I'm sure you can get hold of me on, on social media. Many of you had. Do link in with me if you're not already um, on messages. And uh, thank you so much for listening so far. I hope you enjoy next week's episode and beyond. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising podcast. You can access more information, including resources or links mentioned in the show at our website, www.hruprising.com. Also, you might want to join our LinkedIn community or tweet to us at HR Uprising. We'd love to hear from you.